Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We started on Sunday night and what we began ministering on was something that God said to me back in September of 2019, last year. He said this, it's time for miracles. And so that's been kind of our our keynote uh, jumping off place of what God said to us, it's time for miracles. And in stating that, it's always time for miracles. It's not like there's never a time for miracles. So you would say, well, why would God say it's time for miracles? Meaning he's not limiting miracles to this time, but he is saying it's time for miracles. He's letting us know what he's wanting brought to the forefront. He's letting us know what he's wanting to have emphasized is miracles. And uh, I want to read to you that something, and I have read it the last couple services, and I want to keep reading it because it's something about the day that we're in that Jesus said to Dad Hagen. It's recorded in Dad Hagen's book, I Believe in Visions, that Jesus said to him that this was the last great revival. And Jesus said, all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation in the church in these last days. And the church will do greater things than even the early church did. It will have, listen to this, greater power. Now, how many of you know they did it under the power of the Holy Ghost? We still have the same power. It's just an increased measure of that power. Amen. It will have greater power, greater signs, and greater wonders than were recorded in the Acts of the Apostles. Now, if that's true, we need to release our faith for it, yes. right? Amen. He said that we have seen and experienced many healings, but we will now behold amazing miracles that have not been seen before. Jesus continued and said, more and more miracles will be performed in the last days, which are just ahead for it is time for the gift of the working of miracles. Now that's what God said to me there in September. And he said, many of my own people will not accept the moving of my spirit and will turn back and will not be ready to meet me at my coming. Many will be deceived by false prophets and miracles of satanic origin. But follow the word, follow the spirit of God and follow me and you will not be deceived. I am gathering my own together and am preparing them for the time is short. So when God said that it's time for miracles, he's not just saying that to me. He said this long ago to dad Hagen and, um, When he said it's time for miracles, he's showing us what we have to be ready for. He's showing us what we need to fix our faith on. He's showing us what we need to be skillful with because we've got to get past this mentality that we're praying and asking God to send it. It's not about asking and begging God to work miracles. God wants to work miracles. The word says that his eyes run to and fro through the whole earth looking for those that he can show himself strong on the behalf of. So he's looking for a place where power can manifest. Listen, power is here, but not everyone knows how to bring it into manifestation. 
So he's looking for somewhere where his power can manifest because he wants to work miracles. It's not about us talking him into the notion of working miracles. And people will say, oh, God, send revival, send revival, send miracles. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not wholeheartedly on with that thing because God's never stopped working. It's not about getting him to do it. It's about us becoming skillful so that we can be yielded enough so he can manifest through us. So what's missing is not power. Many times faith is missing and skill is missing. Amen. And so this is what we've wanted to do in these services is to help uh, teach and instruct in a greater skill level yes. with miracles. Amen? Amen. So if you've missed previous services, we ask you to get hold of it. I mean, they're, they're recorded. I don't even know how they can get hold of it. I mean, we, what do they do? Contact us? It's also on podcast. And is that just the audio, though? Yeah, and then there's CDs that they can purchase if they prefer that form. But you need to get hold of it because this is part of our training for it's time for miracles. Listen, when, he, when Jesus said to Dad Hagen that there will be greater, greater, greater demonstrations of power, miracles, then that means that we're going to have to have more skill than people of the past generations. Because when you're handling with a greater degree of power, you can't handle it with elementary skill. It has to be developed, matured skill in the word of God. Amen. So my husband said by the spirit of God, he said this last day revival will be all previous revivals rolled up into one. He said, by the Spirit, and not only him, other prophets of God, said that in the last days, all fivefold offices will operate at their full potential power. Then he said, all nine gifts or manifestations of the Spirit will operate at their full potential power. Now, we were in a meeting with Dad Hagen, and he said, this is the highest number. Sometimes he would say, well, I got about into 35% of the, of the power, the potential power of the prophet's office tonight. Or he would say, I got to about 50% of the potential of that prophet's office tonight. The highest I ever heard him say was 70%. Now, he might have said higher. I said the highest I ever heard him say on a seat, on a tape or in a service was 70%. Then he said this in connection with that. He said, uh, we got to about 70% of that potential office. And he said, the reason we only got 70% is because that's as far as the congregation would go with me. Yeah, yeah. He didn't say that's because of God would only give 70%. Or it didn't say because Brother Hagen would only go 70%. He said that's as far as the people would go with me. Amen. So what's that mean? For us to come into a greater measure of power, it's not just about the pastor. It's not just about the preacher. It's about the congregation also saying, we want it. We want it. We want it. We're interested. We're hungry. We have to be not just casual standby. 
just standing by and just, well, whatever will be, will be. And if God wants to do it, he'll do it. That's not what's going to be qualified to handle this measure of power. It's going to be somebody who says, we're doers. We're here to learn our assignment and be doers of this. Amen. And so we need to become skillful and have a mindset for full measure of power. Amen. To have a measure of mindset, that means that we can't just think like the way we've always thought. We're going to have to come up and say, you know what? Anything that doesn't help me access that full measure of power, I'm cutting it away. Anything that's not going to help me in fulfilling my race and fulfilling the plan of God, I'm going to lay it aside. Yes, amen. Amen. One day, Brother Copeland, and I took my cue from this. Brother Copeland called and he said, we were talking about different things with his ministry. And he said to me, he said, Nancy, he said, there's one scripture that God has been emphasizing with me for a period of time. Now, when a man of God of his caliber says that, I want to know what it is. Why? Because if he's paying attention to it, I need to pay attention to it. And he said, and he quoted to me Hebrews 12, verse one, laying aside every weight and the sin that just so easily beset us that we may run, that we may run. Amen. So for us to run with full power, for us to run with even just an increased measure of power, we have to lay aside some things that would, that would, if I could say this, that would hinder that flow of power that would affect how that power could flow. It's not about getting God to give it. It's about us becoming skillful with what has been given. And I cannot overstate that enough. That's why I keep repeating it. Turn with me if you would to 1 Corinthians chapter two. 1 Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two. Can I tell you this? And I say this for pastors benefits, for the benefit of pastors everywhere. I say that for the benefit of believers everywhere. If we're not careful, we can get to thinking naturally. Now, one day I was talking to Ralph Wilkerson and uh, he was one who studied a lot about Azusa Street history and he said to me he said Nancy now how many of you have ever heard of Azusa Street yes everybody's, everybody almost everybody in here has heard of Azusa Street you know when it happened over a hundred years ago oh, about 120 years ago but you've heard of it because of the market left the Azusa Street was when there was just that outpouring of the Holy Ghost that came that to where people began to come into the light of being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And it spread not just in America, but it was taken all over the world, all over the world that came out of the Azusa Street revival and impacted the world. And Ralph Wilkerson, Ralph Wilkerson said to me, he said, Nancy, there were never more than 75 people in attendance at any one of those meetings. What's that mean? It's not about how many people, it's about who heard. Who did it? Who carried it on? 
because uh, you could have a church of 10,000 of people disinterested and it doesn't matter what you're ministering to them. But give me a handful of hungry people. Amen. And if we're not careful, we start looking at things naturally and start deciding whether or not it will have an impact. Amen. So I say to pastors, don't get, don't start measuring the impact of what God can do through you by looking at how many people are present with you. It's hungry people you need, not lots of people you need, hungry people. I mean, now think about this. Jesus preached a sermon towards the end of his ministry, his earthly ministry. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. If you don't, you have no part of me. And while he's preaching that, it said the multitudes quit following. Church split. The multitudes got up and left the service. Walked out on him. People who had been crippled walked away from the one that ministered their miracle to them. People who had been blind. People who had been leprous. People who had received miracles and healings got up and left because they didn't understand one sermon. In other words, if I don't like it, I'm not staying around no matter what I've received. If I don't understand it, it must not be right. Now it looks like toward the end of his ministry that he has just shot his ministry. He's getting ready to leave and the multitudes quit following him. Notice this. He didn't pass on the future to the multitudes. The future success of his church did not lie with those multitudes because they left him. Isn't that right? That's right. He turns around. I mean a mass exodus. And it said the multitude quit following him that day. What's he doing? Weeding out the ones who aren't hungry. Weeding out the ones who aren't doers. Weeding out the social, the social Christianity, so to speak. He turns around and you know what he's got left? What he started with, 12. And it looks like he's back to square one. It looks like he hasn't made progress. And you know what he does? He turns around and sees those 12 and says, won't you go on too? In other words, while, we're having, while the exit door's open, go on. Go on through it. And Peter makes the divine statement. If we leave you, where do we go? Where do we go? Those multitudes never thought about it. If I leave the healer, where do I go to sickness? If I leave the blesser, where do I go to cursing? If I leave the prosperous, where do I go to lack? If you're going to leave the place God put you, where are you going to go? You're going to go down. You're going to go to a less than place that you could have been. So it looked like Jesus had lost everything before he's getting ready to leave. But we can't measure by the natural. That's what I'm trying to show you. Don't measure by the natural. I was talking to one particular minister and he said, Pastor Nancy, I love preaching in your church. He said, your people are so hungry. And he says, I preach in some of the largest churches in the world and I'm not interested in going there anymore because they're not hungry. They don't care. 
And I said, well, I'm just telling you, we have an association of ministers with Threshold Fellowship who they're hungry. And he yes. says, I'm going. Yes. <laughs> Amen. And he is. And uh, it's about hunger. I said, it's about hunger. It's about hunger. It's about hunger. It's not about numbers. It's about hunger. And in a day when people are promoting numbers and they're making little of hunger. Because it's all about numbers. Listen, we need to reach as many people as we could. I'm not belittling that, but I'm saying don't mistake numbers for fruit. Because if we're going to measure, we're going to measure fruit by numbers, Jesus lost all of his fruit that day when the multitude walked out. But he didn't lose his fruit. It was still living with the hungry. Amen. And on the day of Pentecost, they had grown from 12 to 120. And from then on, it began multiplying. Once they got out the, the multitude who weren't hungry. I, re- <laughs> I remember Ed made this statement. Well, I, I won't even go there because we, we could go a whole nother direction. But what I'm saying is this. What's going to make you part of what God's doing this hour is hunger. Amen. Don't lose your hunger. Don't lose your hunger. Don't lose your hunger. Why? Because the word says that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, what's going to happen to them? They shall be filled. What about this? Filled with power. Filled with finances, filled with miracles, filled with healings, filled with manifestations, filled with demonstrations. Amen. God has reserved all of his goodness for the hungry. He's promised none of his fullness for the uninterested. He's reserved none of his fullness for the uninterested. He spends it all on the, all on the hungry. Be the hungry. Be the hungry. I said, be the hungry. It's not your job. It's not your pastor's job to make you hungry. It's your job to stay hungry. Now their teaching can feed that hunger, but it's your job to stay hungry. I remember, um, Grant would have been maybe 12. And I said to him one day, I said, uh, I was thinking about maybe tomorrow, let's go to Disneyland. He said, oh, okay. And I thought, wait a minute, back up. You know, if, if he would have been five and six and I said that, his response was totally different when he yes. was five and six. But when he was 12, it was weaning. So I recognized, oh, I don't have to go as much now. <laughs> It's fun to go, but I'm just saying. If it doesn't mean any more to him than, oh, all right. Then we ain't going. Right? Well, how we respond in church service and how we respond to what God is, is a read on our hunger level. When the way he responded, he didn't say, no, I don't want to go. He said, okay, but I could tell it was a casual yes. A casual yes will dismiss us from full power. Amen. 
Our job is stay hungry, stay hungry, stay hungry. You say, well, you know, listen, situations in life, difficulties in life come and they press on you. And I mean, tries to stop your momentum, tries to put out your hunger, tries to put out your desire. What Paul tell Timothy, stir up, stir up, stir up, stir it up, stir it up. Because I don't want to be left out of the last day move. I don't want to be left out of the last day flow. I want to flow in it. That means we have to stir up our hunger for skill. Stir up our hunger for knowing how to flow with these things and not just sitting back and say, well, I hope the the pastor gets good notes on this because he needs this, you know. No, this measure of power is for all of us. It's for all of us. Miracle power flowing through the body of Christ. Amen. It's time for miracles and that needs to... That needs to reverberate in you. Amen. Don't be casual. Once these meetings are over, don't let it go. First Corinthians chapter two. Are you there? And verse four and five, Paul writing says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. So he's saying, I didn't use the opportunity to stand in front of people and just demonstrate what I know. I wasn't trying to impress somebody with my education. Because listen, he was highly educated. He learned at the feet of the best of his day. And he did not go there and try to demonstrate his education. Can I tell you what? Your education is not going to help anybody. You know what's going to help somebody? God's power. Your spirit's education. Not your natural education. Now, thank God for to be able to be academically educated. We should prize that. But it's nowhere near the prize of our spirits being educated. Amen. And Paul said, when I got up before you, I wasn't demonstrating an academic education. I wasn't demonstrating what I had learned in all my years of studies. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but my speech and my preaching was in demonstration of the spirit and a power. Now look at this. He said, my speech and my preaching was in demonstration of the spirit and power. Know this, that power should show up in our mouths. He's talking about your mouth. If we're going to flow and be skillful with power, it matters how we use our mouths. I said, it matters how we use our mouths. We just can't say anything we want to anybody we want and think that we're going to be a vessel that power can flow through in a strong measure. You can't just sit at home around your dinner table and talk doubt and unbelief and think that there's going to be a flow of power coming out your mouth. It matters what we do with our mouths. Power begins in the mouth. Amen. Why? Because when God created the universe, what did he do? Let there be light. It was through the mouth, through his words. That was the first place that power uh, was demonstrated through is his words. And this is what Paul said. He's talking about demonstration of the spirit and the power. And he starts talking about his mouth. What's this mean? We're going to have to lay aside and cut aside and cut out things that are not going to access or not going to allow for God's power to be demonstrated. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
This is one thing that Jesus said to me in Russia when he talked to me for an hour. And I wrote it in the book, The Double Portion Anointing. He said, only truth can be in your mouth. He said, because God only flows through truth. If, you're gonna, if, if, if people sit and gossip, God's not flowing through that. If we're going to sit and criticize somebody, God's not flowing through that. So if we're going to have a full measure of power, that means that we have to have a mouth that can conduct it. That means that we're going to have to be selective over what we allow our mouths to do. Oh. Listen, I can't tell you the number of times somebody says something and my mind thinks up four little things to nail their hide to the wall on. But I don't say it. Why? Just because your mind thinks it doesn't mean your mouth should say it because that's going to affect the measure of power that God can demonstrate through your mouth. So when Paul starts talking about demonstrations and power, he starts with his mouth. Amen. My speech and my preaching. He didn't say God's speech. He didn't say my revelations. He said my speech and my preaching was in demonstration of the spirit and the power. The mouth has to be, you have, we have to be consecrated here. Amen. It matters. It matters how we use our mouths. If we want to be skillful with miracle power in these days, it matters. Hallelujah. And it's not your spouse's job to control themselves while you just let yourself go. No, we all have to control this. But can I tell you, it's not by willpower. We have the Holy Ghost to help us. We have divine help. The helper will prompt us. Now, when he goes to scratching on you, don't you, don't you say that to your spouse. Don't you say it. Listen to him. He's trying to put restraint, help you put restraint on your mouth because he wants power flowing through your mouth. And he doesn't want you winning your way at the sake of losing power. Now listen, Paul, Paul specifies two flows of speaking, my speech and my preaching, two different flows. My speech, the way I speak, the way I speak normally, the way I speak. I'm talking about in conversation, in daily life, my manner of, of speaking, my manner of expressing myself, my speech and my preaching. What I do in the pulpit, what I said, his speech is what he said outside the pulpit. His preaching is what he said in the pulpit. Two different flows that out of the mouth. It's not enough that when you're in church, you say it right. But at home, you say anything you want. No, your speech and your preaching. Does that make sense to you? So that puts a demand on the whole of our life. Not just our church life. Not just when we're serving in the church or when we're doing, carrying out church business. If we're going to walk in full power, we have to remember our whole life is carrying out God's business. Our whole life is carrying out God's business. Now, let me tell you what happens. This is what God wants for us. I was talking to a certain person years ago who had, they were at our church and they had traveled with um, Catherine Kuhlman. 
and they had uh, been a, 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 a soloist on her broadcast. She used to have a weekly broadcast in the 70s. And this person was a soloist on there. And he said back then she had to come out to California and record in the studios out here because it wasn't, the technology wasn't as mobile as it is today. You had to come to where the technology was. And so he said I would fly in and she would fly in and we would spend several days recording several, you know, uh, episodes. And said, um, he says, as I got on the plane I was flying, I started becoming ill. And he said, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. And he said, but the longer the flight went on, the worse I got. And he thought, well, if I can just get off the plane, maybe something with the plane has caused an issue. And so he thought, if I can just get off the plane, get to the hotel, I'll rest tonight, I'll be fine in the morning. But all through the night, he got worse and worse. And when he woke up the next morning, he said, I was literally unable to get out of bed. And he says, I didn't know what I was going to do because I was going to have to leave in about an hour. When I woke up, he said, I had about an hour to get dressed before I had to leave to go down to the studios. And he said, she needed me to be there because they couldn't record the whole of the episodes without me there to do the music. And so a lot of money was spent. A lot of people pulled in, you know, to, to make this happen. And so he said... Uh, I was laying in bed and he, he said, I literally could not leave a room where there was a restroom. He said, there was just no way I could get in a car and travel. I had to be near a restroom. And so he said, I was laying in bed wondering what I was going to do. And he said, the phone rang. And he says, I picked up the phone. And when I picked up the phone on the other end, I heard this voice, Catherine Coleman, and said, how are you doing today? And he said, that was her greeting to me when I picked up the phone. I said, hello. She said, how are you doing today? He said, when she said that, the power of God shot through the phone and healed me. That's what my speech was in demonstration. Not her preaching, her speech. Because she lived at a place with God. Not because she was a preacher, but because she was a Christian. She lived, had such a walk with God that when she spoke, people's needs were addressed. Yes. Uh, others' needs were addressed when she spoke. She didn't have to, listen, for you to be a blessing to somebody, you don't have to get all up in their business. You don't have to ask them all that's gone in, and they don't have to tell you all they've gone through for power to help. In fact, that's a bad habit to spill it all. I just want to tell you what somebody said and what my husband did and what my wife did and what my relatives and how I was raised and how I was mistreated and all that and how I'm not given opportunities. That's, that's all the flesh wanting to demonstrate itself. Praise the Lord. He did not tell her, boy, I feel bad today. He didn't tell her, man, I got on the plane. He didn't tell the whole history of how he felt bad. She just said, how are you doing today? And his need was supplied because there was power in her speech. No conversation. No, no talking it out. No got to get it out. No, you don't got to get it out. Let the Holy Ghost blast it out. You know, it just... Don't, you don't got to go back into your past and dig this and rehearse this and rehash that. But there's something about human nature that loves telling it. Human nature loves to tell it. 
but you can't have power and love to tell the wrong things. You can't have power and love to tell unlovely things. It might have happened to you, but if it wasn't lovely, it's not worth repeating. Let God's power deal with it. Amen. So in that, this is, I think we, we can see a clear example of what Paul was even referring to. My speech was in demonstration of the spirit. My speech demonstrated power. Amen. That doesn't just belong to preachers. That belongs to everyone filled with the Holy Ghost. Born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. What did Jesus say in, in uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8? It said, you shall, be, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come on you. That was, he wasn't talking to preachers. He was talking to his people. You're his people. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got power, power. And God wants your speech demonstrating that power, not demonstrating opinion, not demonstrating hard feelings, not demonstrating ill will towards someone, not demonstrating offense, not demonstrating unforgiveness. He wants our speech demonstrating power. Brother Copeland says this. He said, the first and primary reason that man was given speech was not for communication. It was to deliver power. To transmit power to situations. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So Paul said, my speech and my preaching... The way I am out of the pulpit, the way I am in the pulpit, my speech in both of those places was not to entice and demonstrate my academic intellect, but it was to demonstrate the spirit. The spirit wants to demonstrate himself through what you say. He wants to demonstrate when you show up, he wants to demonstrate into the, into the face of needs what power will do for them. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, verse five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but that your faith should stand in the power of God. Yeah. Amen. 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 Not in the wisdom of men, not in what you can figure out, not in what you can calculate. Well, you know, honey, if we do this, then maybe we can get our life back on course. No, you can't figure out how to get your life back on course. You cannot. You need the spirit and power yes. to get your life on course and hold it on course. Yes. Amen. You can't have faith in what you can figure out because you have, you, you, you have faith in what you can figure out and you're going to have a limited life. But he said that our faith should stand in the power of God. Can I tell you this? You don't ever have to get in a car and say, God, I pray against accidents. God, That's I pray right. against airplane crashes. God, I pray, I pray that no, none of my children will ever be kidnapped. No, you don't have to, you don't have to pray against. Don't have to pray against. Just, pray, just release your faith in something. I don't pray against anything. I just say, I believe in the power of God. It's working for me. It's working. The power of God's working for me. Amen. When I get on an airplane, I say this. I say, I'm kept by the power of God. I don't pray against anything. Because when I say I'm kept by the power of God, that means God will employ anything to keep me. 
If he has to employ angels, he'll employ angels because they are demonstrations of power. Whatever he has to employ to keep me, he'll do that. You don't have to get in a car and say, oh, I pray against this and I pray against that. No, there's power for you. Have faith in the power instead of faith in what could happen. Instead of what, what, what has happened to someone else and made you afraid. I remember years ago, I got in a car with somebody years ago. Ed and I hadn't been married too long. And he had a certain person to drive me somewhere. We got in the car and they, they grab hold of the steering wheel. And they say, I take authority over every, every, every car wreck. I take authority over this. And, and, take, and I go, oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong car. <laughs> because I just heard fear spewed out all over. And then after they got done praying, they turned to me and said, well, I've ever since, they said, two years ago, I was in a bad car wreck. And ever since then, I take authority over everything. I said, it sounds like something took authority over you, sister. <laughs> Amen. Our speech should not be in demonstration of what we're afraid of, but in demonstration of what we have faith in. Don't ever be afraid of anything. Don't be afraid of anything. Don't be afraid of anything. Run every trace of fear out. The, the thing is, so many don't recognize that fear is prompting them in the decisions they're making, in the way they're raising their children, or the way they're handling their finances, or how they're conducting their home life and their marriage. Learn to recognize it and run fear out. Amen. We have faith in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. The power of God's working in me. It's working for me. It's working through me. It's working in my behalf. Amen. You need to declare that the power of God is working for you. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How do we release our faith in something? We say it. You can believe in the power of God, but if you don't say it, it doesn't work for you. I mean, Peter said, we are kept by the power of God through faith. Meaning this, it's your faith that activates the power that keeps you. It's your faith that activates the power that keeps you. If you don't ever talk about the power that keeps you, it can't keep you until you, until you give it permission to keep you. Amen. So Paul said that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now... I go back so much of the time to things that Jesus said to Dad Hagen. And the reason is, is because he said these things to Dad Hagen, but they were for us. That's why he shared them with us. And it's unwise for someone to say, well, the man died, so these things are no longer pertinent. Well, Paul's not here, but we still read his letters. David's not here, but we still read his Psalms. Solomon's not here, but we still feed on those Proverbs, yes. right? So it's not, it's not wise to dismiss revelation just because the man's no longer here. It's our job to hold to that revelation. And so Jesus appeared on one occasion to Dad Hagen, and he said this. He said, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. If people needed power they had to get to me. He said, that's why the multitudes thronged me to touch me. Because they recognized that power was present and would flow when they got in proximity of him. Now, think about this. Up until that time, 
The only other place in the earth that the power of God was present was the Holy of Holies. And men couldn't get in there. The high priest could get in there once a year and brother, he went in there with a rope on him. Because if he had sinned and gotten in the presence of God and had not made that right with God, he was going to fall dead in that presence. They're going to pull him out. Because a man couldn't get in there to pull him out. And he went in there with a rope on his leg. Brother, you be walking in there with food. Woo, baby, I, I repent for everything. I repent for everything. Kill, kill another bull. Kill another bird. Kill something. Kill, hurry up. Kill something. Right? You don't want to go in there and not be clean. You know. So think about it. That's the only location on earth where the tangible power of God was located until Jesus showed up. Now, for the first 30 years, it wasn't tangible on him either. Yeah. Only at his baptism. At 30 years of old, the Holy, the Holy Ghost came down on him in the form of a dove. And now the power that had been locked away in the Holy of Holies was now also present in and on a man. And that man was moving through the earth among the people. Think about it. For the first time, for the first time ever, power was mobile. Power was moving. Power was mobile. No wonder the multitudes. No wonder. They recognized. You get around the, you get around the, the Pharisees, and I don't feel that. They, they grew up in those Jewish synagogues. They knew they had a reverence for God, but they had never felt that. And so when they got around him, they felt something. What was it? Power emanating from him. And all they had to do was say, I'll take it. And that which emanated from him went into them and they carried it home with them. Ah, oh, think of it. Amazing. So Jesus said to Dad Hagen, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. If people needed power, they had to get to me. That's why the multitudes thronged me to touch me. But then, now you can understand why in the book of John when it said later that he told the disciples, I'm going away. And then he said, sadness has filled your heart. No wonder they're going, oh my gosh, no more power. Yeah. He wants to go back to fishing after you've been doing, dealing right. with this stuff. Right? right. Yes. He wants to go back to being a tax collector. <laughs> the, the one everybody hates. Yes. He said, but sorrows filled your heart because I said these things. But he said, but it's expedient for you. It's advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I go not away, the comforter can't come. But if I go... I'll pray the Father and He'll send Him. ah. Think of that. It's amazing words. Amazing words. So Jesus told Dad Hagen, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. Then He said this, but now that the Holy Ghost has come, 
He is the power of God. And he is present everywhere. Therefore, power is present everywhere. Think of that. He is everywhere. Therefore, power is present everywhere. Wow, 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 wow. The day of Pentecost was like no other day. The day of Pentecost was like no other day. That is the day that the Holy Ghost who resided in heaven changed addresses and made earth his residency. If you were to go to heaven today, you would not see the Holy Ghost there. He's here. He's here. He's here. The day of Pentecost was a huge day. Huge, huge. And only 120 showed up. More were invited. So many people don't know where to be. So many people do not know where to be. And they missed the next great thing God was doing because they didn't know where to be. So um, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost enters with a sound. There's a sound to it. Now, see, you have to understand the earth had not heard sounds that we hear today. We, had, we hear lots of sounds. We can hear jets and different things like that. They didn't, have this, they didn't have the volume of sounds in those days. But I guarantee you when the Holy Ghost, the volume of sound, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. But it didn't just stay there. The Holy Ghost just needed one place where he could enter. I just need one place It's a portal into the earth. That's all I need. One portal into the earth. He didn't need the whole earth to believe. He just needed one place of entrance to believe. Because once he entered, he didn't stay in the upper room. He entered, his presence came into that room, filled them all and went out through the earth. Covered the whole earth. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth is filled. The whole earth is filled, 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 filled. The whole earth is filled now. Think of it. It's an amazing, the mind can't even compute this. That God, the third person of the Trinity, left the throne of heaven and filled the earth with the glory of God. The whole earth is filled with it. That's why you can get saved anywhere in the earth. You don't have to be in church. That's why you can get healed anywhere in the earth. You don't have to be in church. You can get delivered anywhere in the earth because the Holy Ghost is everywhere. The Holy Ghost is everywhere. The Holy Ghost is everywhere. Power is everywhere. Power, you understand, divine power, God's power, Holy Ghost power is present everywhere in the earth. It's not on, it's not on the moon. I'm not going to go to the moon and set up and, and live in some kind of uh, uh, residency thing up there. You know, people start talking about reside. They, they, you can go if you want. I'm saying where the Holy Ghost is. Why do I want to go to a, a Holy Ghost barren pr- uh, planet? Yes. 
And then when I leave this planet, I'm going to heaven. So you can go live in the dirt if you want somewhere to, that's never grown anything. Right? <clears throat> Throughout the whole earth, his power is everywhere. Now think, on the day of Pentecost, the whole earth got wired with power. You understand that? The whole earth got wired with power. Whenever uh, we were trying to do something more to up our, our speed and stuff on the internet at our ministry and stuff, they said, uh, we're having problems because this community is not wired with the, the, all, all, the, all the, the cabling and yeah, the infrastructure. It's not there yet to this community. So it limited what we could do based on what it was wired with. But once it got wired, ha! Ah, now we can do things we could never do before. Technology-wise. Streaming-wise. Now we can stream things we couldn't. Why? Because this community, this, this, this zone, whatever they call this circuit, whatever, got wired. And now we can do things. The earth is wired. Amen. The earth is wired with Holy Ghost power. And this is what Paul said, that your faith should stand in the power of God. It's wired. The day you got born again, you got wired. You got wired. You're wired with power. On the, day, on the day you received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you got filled with the power you're wired with. You don't just have a current of it. You have a full flow, a full flow, a full flow, a full flow. On the day you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you got the fullness of that power. Now, do you understand why he says, it matters what you do with your mouth. It matters what you do with your mouth. It matters what you do with your mouth because your tongue is a conductor of that power. And so when Catherine Kuhlman called that man that day, her tongue was conducting power that met his need. This is what we're a part of. We're a part of something big, people. We are a part of something big, 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 big. Big, 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 big. Big, 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 big. But we're going to have to be skillful with it. It won't matter that we have access to it. That we're to be conductors of it if we don't know how. We don't know how. We have to be skillful. We have, to, we have to gain skill. We have to gain knowledge. And that's what we've been, we've been teaching in these services. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's go on. Jesus said, now that the Holy Ghost is on the earth, he said this to Dad Hagen, now that the Holy Ghost is on the earth, he is the power of God. And he is present everywhere. That's why power is present everywhere. Now, just because something is present doesn't mean it's flowing. Yes. If you can go into your bathroom and there's a faucet present in the sink, but it doesn't mean water's flowing through it, somebody has to turn the faucet on. Yes. But your house is plumbed with the power yes. for that or the, the, something to conduct that water, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Well, the Holy Ghost power is present everywhere, but you have to have people who know how to turn it on. That's what we're here to learn, how to turn it on. Because it's not enough that it's, it's accessible if it's not flowing. We need it flowing. Could I say it this way? We need it to come into manifestation. Because you can have power and it's not manifesting. You go to the dentist. You've heard me say this. You go to the dentist and they're going to take x-rays. And they drop an apron over your vital organs. They drop this, right? This, this weighted apron. They drop it over your, why? They're protecting your vital organs. Why? They're fixing to access power that is present, but they're fixing to bring it into manifestation. So they get up and they walk out of the room. And they leave you alone in the room. They go in another room, step out, and they push a button, and you hear, you go, you don't feel it, you don't see it, but it's flowing. This is where so many Christians miss it. They think if they don't see it and they don't feel it, it's not working. It does not need to be felt, it does not need to be seen, because it is so powerful, it's beyond seeing, it's beyond feeling. It's so great. It does, it's not limited to feeling and seeing. Amen. If your brother or you want to do an arm wrestling thing, right? You're going to have an arm wrestling contest. You're going to come, come up back and just come up here. I'll beat you, you know. You know how a guy, well, whoever. <laughs> and they start demonstrating. They want their power visible. God's power is so great. You don't even have to see it. But it will affect what you see. It will affect what you see. Amen. So they go out of that room in that dentist and they, and they leave you alone in there with power because although they can't see it and they can't feel it, neither can you. They know it's operating. This is what faith is. I don't have to see it. I don't have to feel it to know it's operating for me. How do you get the power that you're wired with flowing through what you say, through what you say? You have to believe and then speak. It's not enough that it will work for you. You have to assign the power. When those little dental technicians, those little assistants, when they push the button, they're assigning that power to your chair. Right where you're sitting, they're assigning that power. That button works for your chair. Your mouth, your tongue works for your life. And you have to assign it to the needs of your life. How do you do that? You say, I believe in the power of God working in my finances. I believe in the power of God working in my body, working in my leg, working in my organs, working in my mind. I believe in the power of God working. It is your mouth and your tongue that assigns that power that you're wired with to go into operation. Well, I don't feel any different. Don't, don't, be, don't be small. Don't be small. Be large enough on the inside to know this power is too great to be limited to what I feel. You don't have to feel it to know that it's operating. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. 
Now, you can have power, but if you never release it, it never, you never benefit from it. Since the time that man has been on the earth, there has been a potential of electrical power available to men. But for 6,000 years, almost, nobody, they're using candles. 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 With electrical currents in the atmosphere. Electrical currents. The earth is wired with power, electrical power. It's wired with it. But men had, why, why were they carrying candles? Lack of skill. Lack of knowledge. But then men started coming into a knowledge. Why? They got hungry. They got interested. They got interested. Hunger is interest. You're interested. Amen. And uh, Benjamin Franklin, among others, not just him alone, but others, he got to working, wondering one day when he saw lightning in the sky, he goes, that, no, that's power. He knew that's power. It's electrical power. And he thought, I wonder if I can initiate contact or do I have to wait for it to come to me? Can I go to it? So he sends up a kite, puts that, string, puts that key on the string and hmm, comes into contact and got him a real charge. <laughs> so he began realizing, I don't have to wait for it to come to me. I can go to it. I can access it when I will. Then can it be stored? Then can it be conducted and sent out on assignments? Every one of your cities have power plants. You go, that's where power is stored and they, 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 they know how to generate it now. They don't have to wait for lightning to hit. They know how to generate it. They generate it. Why? Because there's electrical currents on the air. They generate it. They store it and they keep it there and then they assign it. Do you know, in all honesty, it, it would take very little to you. You could just go out and set a certain rod out in your yard and have an electrical current for your house, but they don't tell you it's that. They don't tell you it's just in the air because they want to charge you for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the air. Yes. It's in the air. If you knew how to conduct it, you could get your house powered aside from, you know, electrical company. They won't let you, but you could because they want to make a profit on it. But it doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the atmosphere. But they're the ones that put up all the equipment and stuff to safeguard it from you and charge you with it. God doesn't charge you for it. God doesn't charge you. Jesus paid for all of it. He paid for all of it. Amen. You're wired with power. Now, Jesus said to Dad Hagen, he said, there's enough power Think of these words. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one if they only knew it was present and would give it action. Two things. You have to know it's present and you have to give it action. You have to know it's present. You have to give it action. Now think of it. He said there's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room. Think of some of the horrific conditions that are living in sick rooms and hospital rooms. Think of the maimed bodies, the missing parts, uh, organs infested with diseases. That if you opened them up and you could see under a microscope and to see the horrific conditions. But Jesus said there's enough power to raise them up. He's not talking about just headaches or 
He's talking about the most horrific conditions that could ever be found in a sick room or a hospital room. There's enough power to deal with that. Think of that. That's available to us. And God makes us the stewards of it. The stewards of this knowledge. His people, he has turned into the stewards of the knowledge of this. Now, don't you think it's kind of criminal? Doesn't it border almost on, on criminality spiritually to, to know about this and not do anything with it? Not go bless people, not go help people. Well, I'm too embarrassed, I'm too ashamed. It's not all about you. It's about somebody needs power. Amen. Don't you think that it borders on criminal for us not to be interested enough to become skillful with it? Something's wrong. Amen. It matters to us. I said it matters to us. It matters to us. He said there's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one if they only knew it was present and would give it action. How do you give it action? What you say. What you say. How do you give action to the electrical to the, to the electricity that this building is wired with, you go over and you flip a switch. It's just that easy. You can flip a switch whether you feel good or don't. That's right. That's right. You, can swi- you can flip a switch whether you're the person who owns the building or not. That's right. You don't have to feel, well, I, I, I feel like there's a, a charge today in this building. You don't have to feel that before you flip the switch. You don't have to feel like you're in contact with God to flip the switch. You don't have to feel like he heard you before you flip the switch. It's a law. You flip the switch, it's coming on. It's it's the law that governs electricity. You flip the switch when things are wired right and there's there's no hindrance and no intrusion into that wiring. You flip the switch, it's coming on. It's law. It's the same thing. Whether you feel spiritual or not, whether you feel like God heard you or not, whether your body feels good or not, you're authorized to flip the switch. Don't wait for your pastor to flip the switch. You flip the switch. Flip the switch. What is the switch? Your tongue. I believe in the power of God. Paul tells us that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, what you can figure out, what you can calculate. Listen, if we didn't flip a switch, electrical switch, until we could figure out how everything worked, a lot of us are sitting in the dark. You get to flip it whether you understand it or not. You don't have to wait to understand how all this works before you get to flip the switch. I don't know how God is going to take a body that has cells wrong in it and heal it. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how God uses an avenue, some avenue to meet my need. I don't understand how God does. I don't understand how me saying, I believe. Jesus is my Lord. I receive him as my Lord. I don't understand how that translates me from one kingdom to the next, but it does. I don't understand how when I take my last breath on this earth, I will find myself with the Father. I don't understand that. But I believe that. You don't have to understand it to flip the switch. Just flip the switch. Flip the switch. Speak words of faith. Hallelujah. I believe in the power of God. Now start practicing, not to say you aren't, but practice on your personal life. 
that when something isn't operating right, you can receive power in your kitchen. There's power in your kitchen. There's power in your car. There's power in your place of business. When there, when there strikes a pain in your body, even though you don't feel any kind of Holy Ghost unction, even if you don't feel any, woo, got it. You don't have to feel anything. You can say right in the coldness or the deadness of the flesh feeling, you can say, I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. Now, now, Father, I believe for that power to go right into that situation. You go in Jesus' name. When Grant, when Grant was about three weeks old, he was, uh, his lungs weren't sounding right. And so I took him to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, he's got a raging fever and they said something's desperately wrong. And he said, I'm going to call the, I'm going to call the hospital and let him know you're coming. You get him over there now. He said, and I'll be following you to the hospital. So I, Ed was out of town and so I drove him to the hospital and they put us in a hospital room. They put us in there where there was a crib and they put a little hospital gown on him. And uh, there was a rocking chair there in that room. And so they got the gown on him and stuff. And then the nurse came in and said, your doctor just called and said, he's been delayed. He won't be here for an hour. And he gave us instruction. Do not give him anything that's going to adjust his symptoms. Don't give him anything to bring the fever down. He says, I need the symptoms to help diagnose the problem. And if you've adjusted the symptoms, I won't be able to, it won't, I won't be able to diagnose him. So she said, we're not ignoring you. She said, but we can't do anything to get his temperature down. We can't, we can't give him any kind of medication. And so I said, okay. She said, he'll be here in an hour. So I just, when they walked out of the room, I just picked Grant up and I went over and I sat in the rocking chair and I said, Jesus, you said, believe the prophets and you'll prosper. I believe you talked to dad Hagen. He's a prophet of God. So I believe I'll prosper from what you told him. You told him there's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room. I said, Jesus, I'm in one of those hospital rooms. I said, Jesus, because I'm in this hospital room, there's power for this room. Anything in this room, there's power enough to deal with it. And so I said, I believe in the power of God. I know it's present. Remember what Jesus told Dad Hagen. You have to know that it's present and give it action. You have to know it's present and give it action. And I said, I know it's present. I said, now, see, it's not enough that it's present. You understand this? It's not enough that it's present. It doesn't work automatically just because it's present. The lights don't come on just because the building is wired. You have to flip the switch. So I said, I know it's present. And I said, so I give it action. I assign that power of God. I speak for the power of God to go to the, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And I thank you that it's working now, driving out anything that is not of wholeness, making him whole. We had no idea what it was. We didn't know what part of the body that, that was being affected. We didn't know what it was. And so and for the next, you know, that only took like 30 seconds or so to say it. What am I going to do after that? That's what matters. After I have assigned the power, it matters what I allow myself to think about and talk about. It matters. So for 
The next time until that doctor showed up, I've got now about 50 minutes or so, 45 minutes. And so I just sat in the chair and holding him and just rocked him and said, thank you that it's working. Thank you that it's, I didn't sit there and cry and imagine the worst. I didn't sit there and imagine, oh, my husband's not here. Why isn't he? I didn't go into all that, that drama mess. Drama will rob you of power. It'll cut the power off if you get into that drama flow. Flesh likes drama. But the more you become a spirit creature and get your mind renewed, the more you give, not as you are a spirit creature, but the more you give eminence and preference to that spirit side of you, the less drama you allow in your life. Because all that's of the flesh. I didn't want to, I didn't get there and just try to imagine the worst to just make a bigger scene and make a bigger story out of it all. But you know what I did? The Bible says casting down imaginations. Listen, the devil would have loved to give me an imagination. But I tell you what I did. God gave me my imagination. God gave you your imagination. Just not for the wrong things. And the devil wants to pervert your imagination. But instead, I used my imagination to envision the power of God as a substance going through like a cloud, like a substance just going all the way through, working through every cell, working through every bit of his body, working through every organ. I just imagined it moving as a substance. So why? I didn't have to see it. I've get, been given an imagination that I can imagine God's That's movement. Right. Yeah. Amen. Why? Because it kept my imagination occupied so the devil couldn't give it something to, to be occupied with. And so I just sat there and I praised the Lord and I imagined that, that substance of God's power work because it is a heavenly substance. In the spirit realm, power is very visible. And I just thanked God. I thank you, Jesus, that it's working. Thank you that it's working. Thank you that it's... And I didn't, I didn't put a time thing on it and say, well, I'm just going to believe by the time the doctor shows up, it'll all be gone. I don't even get into that because now I'm, 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 I'm starting to get into that mental arena doing that. It's not my job to say when, it's my job to believe. Yes, yes. And so anyway, at the end of an hour, a doctor, the doctor comes in, he examines and he said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this baby, you can go. Why? Because the power had gotten assigned to it. Now, if I'm going to go in there and call my husband, call about 14 people in the church and tell them all that's going on, just so I can get, you know, a big team on my side. I'm telling you what, the flesh loves to tell it and get people involved to make a big scene. You have to let go of the flesh if you're going to flow with power. Amen. Because you have more confidence and power than you do in flesh. Amen. I believe that's, I'm giving you that example so you can see what to do to assign the power that's present in you and around you. You have power in you. You have it above you. Below you, on either side of you, in front of you, and back of you. Power is present everywhere. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you to release your faith in it so that it's assigned into movement. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you helped tonight? Are you helped? Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the power of God. We believe. In the power of God, it's working. I said, it's working, it's working, it's working in us. It's working for us. 
It's working in us. It's working through us. Now, can I ask you this? Do you have a particular need? I do. I got, I got several. And I can, I can add to the list. What do, you want, what do you want to work for that need? Emotions or somebody else's sympathy or do you want power? Power. Amen. Amen. It's up to you to assign your words of, your words of faith to get that power flowing. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you right now, think of something right now that needs power to address it. And then we're going to release our faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands and worship him. Jesus, we thank you for the price you paid. The price you paid made the power of God our inheritance. It belongs to us. We are, we are filled with your power. Father, we thank you that when Jesus returned to the earth, he asked of you to send the Holy Ghost, and you did. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for obeying the Father, leaving heaven and coming and residing in the people. You came to reside in flesh. Thank you. We honor you. We recognize you. We give you place in our life. We thank you so much that you are on the inside of us, the greater one on the inside of us. We recognize that. And we thank you that we've seen the knowledge of the word lets us to know that the earth is filled with that power. That power is in us, but it's all around us. Right now, that power is available to us. So we take what's available. We honor what's available. We assign what is available to our needs. So say this, say, I sign sign the power that's in me, the power that's that's present in this room. Right now, I sign it to every need in my life. Now go ahead and list those needs. Go ahead and list it out loud to my body, to my finances, to my home, to my children, to my family, to my business, whatever need you have, assign that power. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you know you don't have to feel a thing? Said you don't have to feel a thing. Don't get trapped into this thing of feelings. Thank God when you do feel it, but it's still it's still just as present whether you feel it or not. Amen. All afternoon, I could sense that power in my hand. I've learned uh, that that power is there to perform different things. And so it's my job to find out what is it here for. Sometimes it's healing power. Just I know I'm to lay hands on the sick. Sometimes if there's the presence of an angel that has come for some particular purpose, I'll sense it just I'll sense that that power will come Uh, into manifestation in my hand. Sometimes it's just a prayer anointing that'll come on me and stay for days and I'll sense that power in my hand because that power can be for different 
situations and different needs. So I sensed it yesterday and, and asked, looking to the Lord, I knew I was supposed to minister with those healing endowments, which we did last night. But tonight when I sensed that, I had a, a, a prompting in my heart that it's to put my hand on you and bless you. So whatever particular thing you need in your life, amen. And uh, you don't have to have someone lay hands on you and bless you, but Jesus did it. He would do that. And so that's another way. So you don't have to come up here. I just want you to know that because some people, if they don't want to, that's fine. But if you want to, uh, I'm just going to lay hands on you and bless you. Amen. And it's perfectly right to do that. Remember how Jesus put his hands on the children and blessed them. Well, we're to come, we're to be as little children. Amen. And come to the father and he'll bless us. Amen. So I'm going to ask the, you can go ahead and remove this if you would. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just worship the Lord a little bit. Just worship the Lord some. We worship your Father. We worship your Father. We worship your Father. How about we do it this way? We'll just have the first row take a step and just come up to the front. Just the first row, just come up and step up and put your put your toes right up next to the step So, because I'll just walk along the step. After that, the second row can go out this way. Would you go out this way and then the second row step up and then the next rows after that so you can kind of govern yourselves. Can you do that for me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you need, the power of God, assign it. Release your faith when hands are laid on you. Say, Father, I receive that power. I receive that power and say into what need. Amen. Hallelujah. And don't limit God too. Just say, and if there's anything else, Father, that you see that that power is needed for, I, I agree with that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you that are up here, just say this with me. Everybody say this with me. When hands are laid on me, the power of God shall go into my body and I'll receive of that power. For I believe in the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Everyone just worship the Lord with us. Worship the Lord with us. We worship you, Father. 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 Receive that power. There it goes. Receive. Woo. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. In Jesus, receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now the next row, come up if you would. Go out through the side aisle. Come up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you go back to your seat, go back to the seat through the center aisle if you would. So that the next aisle can come out through the sides. Hallelujah. 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 
Receive that power. Receive that power. There you go, love. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that. A greater anointing, chastity. A greater anointing. A greater anointing upon you. A greater, an increase of the anointing. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next row, if you would, come up. Hallelujah. 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 Now, can I tell you this? You can't receive with your mind. You can't receive with your mind. Quiet your mind. Receive with your spirit. Just quiet your mind and focus on your spirit, if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you. Receive that power. Receive that power. There it goes, love. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. 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 Receive the power in Jesus' name. The next row, come on up if you would. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Father. Mastakaye. 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 Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive it. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive that power in Jesus' name. 
thank you for it father we thank you for it father we thank you for it hallelujah 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 receive receive that power in Jesus name we thank you father receive that power in Jesus name and the call 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 agree with the call agree with the call agree with the call Others who were supposed to walk in it and laid it down, he's entrusting it to you. Because nothing is lost of his plan. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Receive the power. Receive the power. The power, the power to think right. The power to live right. The power to do right. Hallelujah. Thank God for that power. Thank God for that power. Hallelujah. Receive that power. Ah, 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 ah. Noah, there's more. There's, there's, there's something wonderful in there that he's got a purpose for. Come here. We thank you, Father, for that call. We thank you, Father, for it. Ah, ah, nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing else, nothing else will satisfy you but his plan and his call for. We thank you, Father. Receive that power. Receive it, receive it. We thank you for it, Father. Receive it, receive that power. Receive it, receive that power. We thank you for it, Father. Receive that power. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did I get everyone? Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Ah, oh, ah, ah. We thank you for it, Father. Ah. Brother Tony, the, the anointing for the next leg of the race. The next leg of the race. 
There are so many legs in the race. Not, I'm talking about physical legs, but I'm talking about sections of the race. The next leg of it, that's what that came on you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Uh, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. Uh, we thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. We thank you, Father. We believe in the power of God. We thank you for that power. We thank you for that. Think, I, I, I want you to consider this. Think how many people in the earth need power. I'm talking about divine power. They need the power of God. And just think of what we're getting to hear. You know how few get to hear what we're getting to hear. Think of that. How many people... I mean, in other nations, other places, other locations of the United States would say, if I only knew what, uh, if I only knew that, what I, what you're hearing, if I only knew how different my life would be. Let's be proper stewards of what we hear. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's not treat it lightly. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. 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 Now, Father, we purpose and we commit to you. We'll not just be hearers, but we'll be doers. We'll be doers. We'll be doers of that which we hear. Hallelujah. Now, I said to you in your practice in your personal life, when something tries to get out of place, put power on it. Before something tries to get out of place, put power on it. When something is out of place, put power on it. Get it back in. Don't be okay with things out of place. Whether it's health, whether it's an attitude, whether it's a resource, whether it's a supply that you need that hasn't shown up, get the power on it and hold the power on it till that thing changes. Be skillful, be skillful, be skillful, be skillful. Let me tell you one thing about skill, it's consistent. If someone just does it once every few weeks, only thinks of it once every few weeks, it's not important enough to them yet. And to only do it randomly shows a lack of skill. Amen. And we all have to address that, don't we? How do we do it? Keep ourselves stirred up, stir it up, stir it up. Amen. I would encourage you, listen to these messages over and over. You didn't get it all in one shot. You didn't get it all in one service. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. I believe in the power of God. It's working in me. It's working for me. It's working through me. Whether I feel it or not, whether I see it or not, it's working. Hallelujah. For I believe in the power of God. Every day you need to be saying that. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. I, and when you catch yourself worrying, say, no, 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 because I believe in the power of God. Amen. When you catch yourself having a conversation of where's it going to come from? How come it's taking so long? Stop yourself. So, no, wait a minute. I check myself. I believe in the power of God. Amen. What you talk about the most is what moves the most. Talk about the power. Talk about it. Hallelujah. You don't want to miss tomorrow night. Amen. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.